Thanks for checking out the Renew Life Church podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that today's message encourages you. I'm Keith. I'm one of the associate pastors here. It's my privilege, my honor just to get to share with you today and, uh, and share a message that I believe is on the heart of God for you. And um, maybe a little bit different today. I believe this, this message is, is, is coming from the heart of God for more than just you, but for the people around you and for um, the world around us. You know, we're in this series called Let's Talk About Church. Let's talk about church. That's exactly what we're going to do today. Uh, You know, for me growing up, I always, there was something about church that I always loved. I always loved coming to church, especially the Sunday experience. Like, I love being around people. I love worshiping with people. I love listening to the music. I, I, I even love the messages. Even when I was young, it was like I, I paid attention. I was drawn to it. I just, I just love church. Anybody, anybody out there just like, yep, that was me. I just, you're just drawn to church. Nobody. Wow. Well, okay. all right. I'm going to change my message. Jesus came to the earth. No, let me get saved up in here. All right. Well, you don't know what I'm talking about, but I love church, and there's people out there that do, okay? <laughs> believe it or not. And I can't believe you come to something every single week that you just don't even like or love. It's, you're really committed and disciplined, you know? You don't even need a message today. Just go ahead and just leave. You got your donuts, you're good to go, right? Um, but, you know, growing up loving church, being, all, being always drawn to it, it, there was never this thing in me like, well, I had to be convinced or... Or, or I had to, to be taught about the goodness and, and, the, and the things that you get when you're in church. But as I've grown up and as I've studied out Scripture, I know what Scripture says. I've realized that church is so much bigger than what I ever thought it was. I've realized that church is so much bigger than probably what you think it is. You know, church is so much more than just something we come and do on Sunday. In our mind, we, we, we've, always, we've had our, kid, our parents bring us to church, and, and we know what church is. But it's so much more than just that, that worship that we just had in this message. It's, it's so much more than the, than the free coffee and the, and the free donuts. Church is more than just a building. It's more than just a good service. You know what church is? Church is a people. Church is people. Church is you, and church is me. The Bible calls this, Scripture calls us the the body of Christ. That the church is the body of Christ. In other words, those who have given their life to Jesus, who said, I am going to follow Jesus all my life. I'm making my Lord, making my Savior. The moment that you accept him, you become a part of the body of Christ. It's believers coming together. You look around today in this church, in this service, This is a body. But how many of you know we make up a bigger body? We make up the body of Christ as a whole. This is every believer everywhere around the world is a part and makes up the body of Christ. You see, this is what what I feel like makes church so special. It is not just a building. It's not just a cool service. But it's made up of people. I want you to know today that Church is something that Jesus is coming back for. He's coming back for his bride, known as the church. Church is something that he leads. He says, Jesus says, I'm the head of this thing. 
This is something that Jesus started, that he built and is continuing to build. See, church is important to him. Church is big to God. The body of Christ is something special to him. And the crazy thing about it all is that it's made up of imperfect people. I want you to grab a hold of this today. Jesus said, I want to lead those people. I want to, lead, I want to make imperfect people perfect in my name and in my sight. And I want them to be the representative of who I am to the world. Church is something more, isn't it? This is who we are. We are the body of Christ. Now, I feel like this is what the Apostle Paul, he was talking to us about. If there was anybody who talked about church, how we should do church, what church should look like, where we should be headed as a church, it was the Apostle Paul. And so today, if you have your Bible, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4, where he takes us through what church is and what church should look like. We're going to be in verses 11 through 16, a little bit of a read here. <clears throat> but here's what he says. Now, these are the gifts... Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Verse 14, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We'll not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing, and full of love. Let's pray. God, we thank you. We thank you for this moment that we share together. We thank you that we're a part of the body today, that you pray that you would speak to this body, that you would lead us, that you would guide us into your wisdom and into your understanding. God, we give you these, these, this moment right here. We set aside our care and our worry, the things that we have to do, the lunch that we have to eat, picking up the kids, all of that. We set it aside and we just, we focus and we give our heart to you in this moment. And we do it in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Amen. I want to ask you a question this morning. How many of you remember doing group projects in school? Anybody remember doing group projects? All right, you know, uh, if, you, if you don't remember, it's just when your teacher would, would get you and would place you with all the people that you, you didn't like. <laughs> She'd put you with all, all, all the people that you never talked to, that you never got along with. And, and, and the funny thing about group projects, I don't know if you, if you remember this, but there would be four people who did nothing and one person who did everything. Now, if you were the person who was the smart one in the group or the person who cared the most, and when you got stuck in group projects, you were the one who always did the work. Can you raise your hand this morning? Go ahead, admit it. Yes, awesome. So that tells me who the rest of you are. Go ahead and confess. I'm going to make you raise your hand. Confess in front of the Lord this morning. Were you the one who gave the work to the smart person? Come on, raise your hand. Yep, I knew you were in here. You need church today. Come on, people. I don't know if you, if you remember that too fondly or not, but you would get in this group of people, and you just you had nothing in common. 
Uh, you, you, you just weren't together. There was no unity. Um, you know, it was like if you got a friend in there with you, that was like the best part because you could just talk to them the whole time and make the other person do the work. And it's like you weren't pulling in the same direction. And then all of a sudden you got to get up in front of the class and make it happen. And let me just tell you this. You never made it happen, okay? Your teacher was just nice to you. She just gave you an A because she wanted you out of her class. That's why she gave you an A, to get you out. But we all know what it's like to be a part of that kind of team, to be a part of that group of people where you just maybe you, you don't mesh, that, you're, that, that there's no unity there, that there's no togetherness, that you're not pulling in the same direction. There's just too many differences, right? You know, most of my life, I've been a part of a team. Playing in sports for years and years and years, I was, I was always a part of a team. And I got to tell you, I've been a part of some good teams, and I've been a part of some bad teams. I've been a part of some selfish teams and some unselfish teams. I've been a part of, of a championship team and, and been a, a part of the worst team in the entire league. Like I've, I've, I've gone across the spectrum of teams. And, we, and, and you realize this because you've been a part of a team too. You realize there's, there's a certain result when you get that, that you get when you're not pulling in the same direction. Oh, but it's a completely different result when you actually are. When you have guys that are pulling you up and stepping in when you fall and, and, and caring for one another and loving one another and going after the same goal and pulling in the same direction, it makes a good team. But I believe, I believe there's something that takes a good team to great. And it's not talent, it's not having all the skill. There's a lot, of thing, a lot of things that go into winning, but I got to say there's one thing that, that you have to have. One word, unity. You must have unity. I've seen it so many times where the less talented team that's unified will beat the more talented team who's not. What's happening? Well, there's someone and there's a, there's a group of people who are pulling in the same direction. There's a group of people who are, are picking each other up when they're down. They're pushing each other forward. They'll, they're pulling each other up. They're, they're stepping in when they have to. They're there for one another. They're not there for their own selfish gain, but they're unified. There's nothing dividing them. And can I tell you, being a part of something like that is special. You say, what's the point, Keith? What, why are we talking about teams today? Because I believe you're a part of the greatest team to ever walk the face of the earth. And it's called the church. And it's called the body of Christ. And can I tell you, in order for us to be great, in order for us to actually make a difference, to be successful, and to do something important and supernatural, we need one thing. It's called unity. We must be unified. We must be together. I don't know if you realize this, but if you look around the world today, there's anything but unity. Anybody know what I'm talking about? If you look outside, there's, there's nothing but division. You, you scroll through your Facebook feed, and what do you read? You read everything that everyone's against and nothing that anybody is for. 
I'm against this and I'm against that. What's happening? There's division everywhere. There's dividing lines everywhere. Know this. People read your Facebook posts and they realize what you're for and what you're against. Now, I want to stop right here, and before I go any further, let let me just say this. I believe in standing up for things. I believe when there's unfair treatment, you say something about it. And you don't don't look into what I'm saying and, and, and think about all the things I'm not saying. I'm just saying this. Are you creating division or are you creating unity? Because I know someone who wasn't into division and who was in, who was into nothing but unity, and his name was Jesus. And he came and he unified everyone. He's into unity. I heard myself, and I'm not going to give I'm not going to give credit to the Holy Spirit. I'm not for sure he's the one that said it, or if it was me thinking this, but I feel like we're more like the divided states of America instead of the United States of America. If we were to be honest, that's what's really happening. Let's just be honest. That's what's going on around us. And I just believe with all of my heart that church is supposed to look different. There's no color in this building. There's no color in the body of Christ. There's not black, white, Hispanic, Chinese. No, there's nothing. There's, There's nothing dividing us. There's not people who have money and people who don't. There's not people who are good looking and who, don't, and who aren't. There's not people who are pastors and who aren't. People who are called and who are not called. Jesus said this, oh, for all have fallen short of the glory of God. Yet God declares us righteous in his sight. You know what I see in the body of Christ? Righteous people. Can I just be up front with you today? Let me ask you this question. Is, is there a line in your life? Is there, some, is, is there some division in your mind or in your heart? I mean, racism. I didn't know I was going to go here today, but we're going. Here we go. It, it shouldn't exist. It will, it will always exist out there. It can actually stop in here. The body of Christ can actually be the one who brings change. The body of Christ can actually be the one who shows people what real unity is like because we realize that we are absolutely nothing if it weren't for Jesus. And that doesn't stop with any color. It doesn't stop with any socioeconomic status. It doesn't stop there. It crosses all lines and crosses all boundaries. And it's who God says that we are. We're children of the Most High God. God desires that his church be unified. You know, as as I was preparing this, this message, I was like, God, why are you talking to me about unity because I don't really feel like Renew Life Church needs a message on unity. I mean, I feel like we're pretty unified, honestly. I feel like we're all pulling in the same direction. No, we're, we're just, we're, we're going after God, aren't we? <laughs> we're going after his face. We're going after his presence. We're together. I really felt like the reason God wanted me to talk about this today was more about 
what's happening in your life out there and what's happening in here. You know, I've never been much of a, uh, I don't even know how to say it, political guy. You know, I've never really followed politics. Um, number one, because I feel intimidated by them. I don't understand it. Um, I barely know if I'm Republican or Democrat. Like, I have no idea. It's just like, that guy looks like he's not a snake. I'll vote for him. You know, it's like, um, <clears throat> it's like, yeah, they're all snakes. Anyway, um, <laughs> and it's like, okay, God, like, I'm not qualified to, to talk about this. But he, he has me moving in this direction. And all I had to do was look on my phone, read a couple news stories on Friday and Saturday to get the beat on what's happening out there. It's not hard. I didn't even have to do that. I knew. It's not hard to realize where we're at and that there's a lot of division. It's a lot of division. I believe what Paul was talking to us about in Ephesians 4 was to come against that very thing. Notice what he says. He says these gifts, they've been given to the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Their responsibility, okay, so you have these people that are gifted to be um, the, the, the pastors and teachers of a church. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. But notice why we're doing this. Notice what it goes on to say. This will continue until we all come to such, read it with me, unity. Where are we headed? Where should, what should we be going towards? Unity. We should be headed towards unity. That we're fighting for unity. That we're, we're called to be unified and called to stay unified. That we're not to let anything outside come in and, and divide us. Because here's the thing. This whole church thing is going to keep going on, and Jesus will not come back until we're unified. He's coming back for a unified bride. He's coming back for a unified people. And this will continue to go on. We will keep preaching messages about building you up and reaching others until we all come to such unity in our faith and our knowledge of Jesus Christ. Until we measure up to the fullness of who he is. You know, I love this, this scripture because Paul doesn't just tell us to be unified, but he tells us who to be unified around. Notice that he says it's going to continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and our knowledge of Jesus. Can I just tell you, there's one thing that can unify us, and there's one person we should be unified around, and it's Jesus. It's the name of Jesus. It's the Son of God. It's the one who saved every single one of us. You see, we might have differences. We might have differences of opinion. We might have differences of, uh, of belief and, and, and all that, but here's one thing that I, I know. Do you believe in Jesus? I do too. I can be in unity with you. Notice he didn't say, I want us all to continue into such unity in our denominational beliefs. I want us to unify around what we feel like the, who the Holy Spirit is and the works of the Holy Spirit. He didn't say that. He said we're called to be unified around the faith and the knowledge of the Son. I feel like Jesus, if there's anybody that we can rally around, it's him. We can rally around him. And what's so cool and, and so interesting about Jesus is he was the great unifier. 
Notice what Jesus did. Here we were in our relationship with God. Before Jesus came, it was God over here, and I, here we, we got a little line right here. Here we were, and God was over here. And what did we have to do? We had to obey the law. We had to sacrifice animals. We had to do all these things so that we could get into right relationship with God. But if you notice, our relationship was divided. Who unified us with our Heavenly Father? Jesus. The sin that separated us was eliminated so that we could walk over that line and be unified with our Heavenly Father. What happened when Jesus left the earth? He sent the Holy Spirit to dwell in us, to dwell in you. You can't get more united than that. The Bible says that Jesus came and he, set, and, and, and he erased the lines that separated Jew from Gentile. Jesus did this when he died on the cross. He erased the lines that separate people groups. There used to be God's people and everybody else. And then he came and he said, nope, that line is gone too. Doesn't matter what family you were born into, what, what, uh, where you end up. No, all that matters is faith in me. You believe in me, you become God's people. I love what Steve-O read today, that we are a holy nation, that we once were not a people, and now we are a people. Unity, unity. Real quick, I want to take us through why Jesus wants to unify us. So I think you, you'll get the power when we read the, the second half of this scripture. Ephesians 4, verse 14, he's talking about in regards to unity. He says, then when we're unified, we will no longer be immature like children. Look at this. We'll no longer be immature. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We'll not be influenced when people try to trick us. Instead, we'll speak the truth and love to one another, and we'll grow in every way more and more like Christ. Hear me today. There's three things that unity brings to your life. Unity brings maturity, unity brings stability, and unity brings ability. It brings maturity because you're around people who are more mature than you and they rub off on you and they sharpen you and they bring you up to where you don't have to go through the same things that they went through. They've already defeated those giants and you can step in to the promised land behind them and fight new giants so that your kids don't have to fight them. See, there's maturity here. You learn how to act. Anybody have their mom reach over and pinch you during church? Wake up. Pay attention. What was she doing? She was maturing your butt, all right? Hey, when somebody's talking, listen. Hey, if you can't stay awake, go to sleep early on Saturday so that you get the word on Sunday. She was teaching you time management. Mm-hmm, you didn't know it, but she was. Pinching your little behind, yep. Don't be sleeping in church. You learn how to worship here. Anybody here, just, were they just taught how to worship? I mean, maybe some of you, how many of you caught worship? Anybody catch it? Yeah, you caught it. Why? Because you were unified and you were in the body. And it brought maturity to your life. Unity also brings stability. It brings st stability. You see, what did Paul say? He said, you won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. You won't be tricked. And, and I had the Lord show me this. And, and it's like, I want you to picture, you got this guy right here with an awesome beard and the white shirt. He's right in the middle of the sanctuary. 
It's not about his beard, but you can, you can talk to him about it later. All right, it is awesome. But I want you to picture your life in that seat. This is what your life looks like when you are in the body of Christ. When wins and changes in life throws you a curveball, it cannot get to you and reach you and blow you about. Why? Because you are surrounded by the body. You're protected by the body. You're protected by your heavenly father, but you're also protected by the God inside each and every single person here. If you were out alone, what would happen? The wind and the waves would beat you up. They would have a direct shot, a direct line to you in your life. Oh, but when you're a part of a team, when you're a part of something greater than, who, than yourself, it brings stability into your life. Next week, we're gonna get into the ability that being unified in the church brings to you. I just want to share a, a quick story with you, though. I remember I was 18 years old, and I was re recruited to play football at West Texas A&M. And I drove up before uh, practices got started, got in the dorm. And, you know, practices started two weeks before any of the other students got there. So I go up. I'm six hours away from home. I don't know, I don't know anybody. Left my mom and dad, left all my friends. Um, I, met a, I met a guy on a recruiting trip. He's going to be my roommate. I'm thinking, yes, at least I know him. We get there. He quits the first day. Appreciate you a lot right there, buddy. Thanks for being there for me. If you're listening, I still love you, Ratty. Okay. But I've never felt more alone in my life. I would go to practice didn't know anybody, come home, go eat by myself, come back to my dorm room, nobody there, go back out to practice, come back, and I just had the same schedule, and I just, I wasn't around anybody, didn't know anybody, didn't have any friends, so what did I do? I called my mom, okay, I called my mom, that's what you do in, the, in that instance, you call mom, I didn't tell her what was going on, I didn't want my parents to worry about me told her everything was great, but I was just alone. Never felt so lonely in my life. And I got to say, nobody taught me to do this. Nobody taught me what to do, but there was something on the inside of me that said, run to the church. Run to the body. Run to the people who are pursuing God like you are. Run to a place that's unified. Run to a place that believes the same thing that you do. Run to the place that's pursuing Jesus. Run to that place. And can I tell you, I ran and it changed my life. But not only that, not only did I run to the church, the church actually came running after me first. One night I got off the phone with my parents and then I'm sitting there all alone again and I'm just praying out to God, God, you gotta, you gotta come through for me. You gotta be here for me. I, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to keep doing this. I, I can't take this feeling that I have anymore. In Jesus' name, amen. That was about my prayer. Do something. About five, 10 seconds later, I got a knock on my dorm room door. I go over and open the door and they're waiting right there, two men, two pastors, 
One, his name was Buddy Young. He was a leader of the Baptist Student Ministries at the West Texas A&M campus. He had another pastor with him. I opened the door and he said, hey, we're just, we're just walking around the dorm and just knocking on doors, seeing if, if there's anything we can pray for, anything we can do for you. I was like, yes, come in, please. Come in and sit down. Just talk to me. Hang out with me for 10 minutes, please. Act like you like me and I'll be good. Like, it'll be cool. And they came in and they just talked with me. Asked me how things were going, what was going on. I just spilled the beans. I'm lonely, whatever, you know. Just, that's what happens when the pastor gets you, you know. I'll tell you everything. Well, what did they do? They loved on me. They prayed for me. You know what happened? I'll tell you what happened. The body happened. Church happened. The body of Christ. Reaching out to one another. Finding someone who was down and picking them up pulling someone forward when they needed to, pushing somebody when they were complacent in the things of God and getting them into the thing they need to be in. That's what the body can do for you. That's what God can do through you to someone else. And here's what I didn't do. I didn't open the door and say, what, what church do you go to? What denomination? Oh, you're Baptist. Oh, I grew up non-denominational. I'll wait for the other angels to show up. Must not be you. <laughs> See, when you're in moments like that, there are no lines. You realize there is no difference. There is no division here. That's what unity can do. That's what I believe. We can bring to a hurting world. That's what I believe a hurting world will be attracted to because I know this without a shadow of a doubt. Unity not only helps people inside the church, but it speaks to people outside of it. And we will become a light. We will become the most attractive thing that this world needs to see because at the end of the day, we all want to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. And I would argue that desire was placed in you from the beginning of time from our Heavenly Father so that you would run to the church, so that you would be the church, and so that you would accept others running back to them. We hope you've enjoyed our podcast today. You can find out more about our ministry at RenewLifeChurch.com or on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Also, our app is available for download so that you can stay up to date. Again, we are so glad you joined us. If you're in the Midland-Odessa area, we invite you to come be our guest at one of our services. Have a great day, and we hope to see you soon.